Hey, Patrick, how was your weekend? Well, I got engaged. Congratulations. Welcome to Tradeoffs, where Nira's Heaton Shaw and ProfitWell's Patrick Campbell discuss tech through a product-first mindset to inspire you to think differently. This week, they talk about support systems. You want to get to the point where your job is to make like one to two very large decisions per year. Filtering advice. I feel like the pay it forward attitude permeates any area where people are trying to create something meaningful out of nothing. And when to end relationships. People don't really understand how advice works and and how even problems work. Yeah. It's not about experience. It's actually about clarity of thought. What's up, man? Well, I'm excited about the palm trees in, in the background for you. Yeah, so I, uh, that's what's up. I became a digital nomad now. I just, I live in the <laughs> beach area. You know, it's really funny. Is oh, like, you're joking. Yeah. No, I know. I've been taking like obviously calls and stuff from here. So for those of you who don't yeah. know, we're going to talk about this a little bit. I'm, I'm in uh, Cabo. And then listen to this crap. Tomorrow I leave to go to Tulum for our company retreat. So I'm just like hanging out in Mexico this week. <laughs> but you know me. But for those of you who don't know me, I hate the beach. The idea of going to the beach in the sun is like terrible. Like it is not fun. It is not anything I want to do. And it's like, yeah, very sandy, but I've been enjoying myself. My favorite part, and I already told you this, but just to get it on the recording, I got engaged Saturday. You're supposed to act surprised because you now I'm telling you, but yeah, congrats. We went and, a big we deal. Went and, I know we went and got our Christmas tree. It was six and a half years. So I knew the answer, but she's happy and everything, which is great. But then I was like, all right, peace. I'm out. <laughs> and so I left, which I think was okay, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Jenny's still happy, but yeah, man, what do we want to talk about today? What do we want to do? We kind of mentioned a couple of things before this call, before we hit record. And I think one of the things is just this, this idea of, of having a sort of support group, so to speak, when you're mm. when you're doing a startup, if you're a founder. And even yeah. that can be helpful for people that are not founders in terms of getting context on what I think a lot of founders deal with and how they feel about these things. You, you had mentioned earlier, like, oh, you know, like early on, you didn't really necessarily think of it that way or put a lot of value in those kind of interactions in the way that you do now. And I think part of it is just like you're, you start your company and you're kind of have this own expectation of yourself that you get to do everything on your own, mm-hmm. right? That's uh, sometimes it's one of the reasons you start a company after working somewhere else, uh, whether it's subliminal reason or very explicit in your mind, you, mm-hmm. you start and you're like, Hey, it's on me. I'm starting this thing. It's mine. Right. And then it's really interesting how that evolves over time as you kind of grow the business, get help, have team members, and then have to deal with especially being CEO, I think being very lonely job and, and, you know, wholeheartedly believe that is very lonely job, even if you have co-founders and things like that. So I think it's incredibly lonely. I I can only concur. I think like being a founder in general, especially CEO is like, and I think it's really hard to articulate or empathize with. Like, I think, you know, you, you, even with like your, your, your wife or your spouse, right. Because you, I was going to say is like, you know, your, your, your wife has been part of the business, you know, for a while. And obviously you've known your wife for a long time. And it's like, it's one of those things where like, I'm sure like she can empathize more than basically anyone, but still there's like that last precipice. Sometimes it's like really hard. And I think it's so hard because there's, to me, there's a couple factors. I think one, everything rolls up to you. So like if someone just has to worry even about like another half of the business, they don't necessarily like see all the other problems or like, they don't necessarily like it's your job to worry about those problems so that they don't have to. And that can That's get right. 
you know, as the, the crap rolls uphill or whatever they say, um, you know, that type of a thing. And that's, what's funny, right? Like a, an efficient business is like, you only deal with the problems um, and then eventually fix those problems. So you deal with the next problems and so on and so yep. forth. <laughs> I think it's painful. I think what's really funny is like Brian Halligan had a really interesting quote. I just remember about this where he was like, you want to get to the point where your job is to make like one to two very large decisions per year. That that's when you've made it. That's when you have like a great exec team. That's when you have a great yeah. team is like, my job is just to like coach, I obviously solidify culture and then research like one to two major, major problems. And for someone like a HubSpot, that's like, do we go into like sales software? Do we go into service software? Do we do X, Y, Z? Do we do the ecosystem? But I think the other really big problem is you have this odd experience of having to show confidence constantly whether it's to your team, whether it's to investors, whether it's to just customers or prospects, right? While also not actually knowing what you're doing, even as you become an experienced CEO, there's always like new stuff, right? Like, so yes, you have this layer now, like you can handle XYZ like a mofo, but then all of a sudden, like the times change, the world's changed, the markets change, and it's just like this brand new thing. And so you have this like constant, like I, I describe it as like being a CEO or even an executive, I'd argue is like, constantly being able to straddle precipice where you're constantly sitting there and being like, I'm going to fail. I'm going to rule the world like constantly. And there's all these other variations. Like I'm an absolute idiot. I'm a genius. Like there's all these like extremes that you have to, instead of oscillating just extremely back and forth, you kind of have to oscillate right over the line. And that's what makes it lonely. Cause like the only other people who can really relate with stuff like this or like people like you or like people like the people I'm with this weekend and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's fascinating, man. What's your take on that? Those two points. Most of running a business, if you're the one running the business, like you said, executive or founders is managing your own emotions, despite whatever might be going on around you or in, in the world or related to your business and taking it in stride and being able to sit there and just be like, okay, it's another thing. Right. And then being able to objectively evaluate it. And I think that's where a lot of people honestly like get caught up. Majority of my conversations with the founder lean heavily towards that area of, oh, you're dealing with this thing and you have all these biases that you're bringing into it that are actually not objective about the business. They're more about whatever your stuff is, whatever emotions, whatever past history you have, whatever triggers you have. And it's like, at some point it clicked and it was like, oh, I could see this in other people. And now I could pretty much see everything in that category in, in somebody else when they're talking mm. to me about their business and their problems or whatever they're dealing with right now. It's like, oh, there's a bias or, oh, there's a trigger or the, oh, oh, that's, that's what's going to happen. It's very likely to happen based on what I'm hearing, you know, and mm. oftentimes like, you know, the, the, the most classic one, which I love is like, Hey, Heaton, I'm thinking about letting go of this person. Yeah. And my immediate response, and you and I have had these convos, hey, just let go of them. Yeah. Just let go of them. Just, just, just do it. Just do but, me a but, favor but, but and Heaton, let go of them. But Heaton, like I didn't communicate this thing like six weeks ago, technically. And hey, Heaton, yeah, but like I know, but like maybe we give him another shot. Like, yeah, those then those are all the responses, right? Like, no. Just let them go. No, 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 those are my responses. To no, 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 no. I know that. I know. And my response is yeah, like, yeah, no, just yeah. let them go. And then we talk about how to let them go because that's what we should yeah. be talking about, not how do we keep these people around. If you're already at the point where you're willing to get advice from other people about letting someone go, 
it means yeah. you don't really need the advice you just need to confirmation through. Yeah. yeah and the confirmation that like yeah you should let him go or you know it's not even always confirmation in this case in this case it's usually it's an experience problem frankly mm. if you've had enough people and you know for different people it's a different number of tries or attempts that they need to see this at some point you're just like oh there's some classic patterns that aren't even about the other person they're more mm. about all the people around that person that can tell you, oh, this person needs to go. And like, so I have, I have like a complain radar mm. in my companies where I'm just watching. Okay. A- anyone complaining about somebody else privately? Oh, did you just complain to me about that person? Mm. Oh, and that just happened today, right? Like it's not about letting go of someone in this case, but today somebody pinged me and they let out like a bunch of complaints. You know, I don't know what's going on with this person, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, yeah, don't let it fester and just talk to him. That like imposter syndrome plus like the emotions of inexperience as well. Because the other thing is, is like, I think that it takes, I mean, it takes a long time just in general, let alone running a company and also being a little more type A or at least ambitious. Like it takes a certain level of like experience to become vulnerable, right? Or to be kind of at Zen with like understanding those feelings of like, I'm already doubting this. Therefore it kind of doesn't matter if I'm actually right or wrong. Right. It's like make a decision and move on. Like that's why that sentiment always exists. And I think like with the thing you're describing, like it takes a while either on one direction or the other to get good, rightly calibrated to be like, like, and now I feel like we're pretty well calibrated, but it took years to get there where we're like, okay, there's something not working we're not even going to worry about if it's us or them. It's just not working. So let's like not delay this, not make them feel like they're less than because they're not, because it very well could be us. And then obviously if this happens multiple times, there's a bigger problem, right? And so it's just one of those things where I think that that comfort that you're describing, I think it takes so long to get to because the vulnerability is so hard of either feeling like it's okay to be wrong or feeling like, I don't know. And this is why you sometimes see like, not the topic switch too hard, but like, you sometimes see like, we've all met those people at events or at a conference or something where it's like, I'm going to say the execs that give us a bad name. Uh, you know, the execs who are a little more, a little more debaggy, a little bit more like clearly insecure, like, cause we're all insecure, right? It's just some of us manifest it through like self-loathing and trying to like seek each other out and others of us manifest it through like, you know, peacocking and these types of things. And so I think it's one of those things where like, straddling the emotional aspect of this um, gets so hard. And that's why I like, you know, being your friend and you being my friend, because I think that like, you know, over the past decade or so, um, I hope I've helped you. You've helped me immensely, right? Yeah, same. Yeah. And so I guess like, what's interesting or any other thoughts there? Because now I want to like, get deep on like, how do you find these people? Yeah, I was going to say, find these people. (laughs) That was like the next thing I was going to say. So yeah, let's go deep on that. I think I just want, even if we impact one person with this, I think that's more than enough in terms of an impact we can have, right? Um, Even just one person is a big deal in in this level because we're people that are trying to create something out of nothing. And so, yeah, we should, should, I think how to find these people is definitely an interesting, very interesting thing. I think it's one of those things. So I find finding these people and this is it depends on like how you're wired there's the micro and the macro right so the macro is is like i think putting yourself out there either via like twitter via gmail via 
you know, an event, whatever it is, simply putting yourself out there and like talking to someone and being like, Hey, let's like meet up or, Hey, I'm really like what you're doing or whatever it is. Like, let's get on the phone. I find that like more people are so willing to like talk to you than you think they are. Um, especially if you have like mutual interests and it's pretty easy to see that based on like, you know, anything that's external or Twitter or like even like getting an intro from someone else. But the thing that helps me a lot with the micro piece is being the first person to be super vulnerable. And it sounds a little tactical, but it really much is like going in being like, you know, if someone's saying like, you know, how can I help? Or if someone's saying like, Hey, what are you struggling with? Instead of giving like a like, well, you know, we could really be better at sales, you know, that type of a thing, which is definitely true, but being very vulnerable with like, Hey, well, honestly, like right now I'm actually dealing with like this emotional turmoil over XYZ, like, and that like kind of gives the the conversation, the ability to like go to that level, like rather quickly, rather than like having to feel everybody out. Because I think what's really interesting is if you're an exec or a founder, you know, that like, just get to the point is something that we tend to value, not in like a brash way, but just in a very like, tell me what's going on. Tell me the problem. Like, how can I help? And then as soon as like, you know, it's kind of like we recognize our own, as soon as someone's like, Hey, I struggle with this. You're like, Oh, okay. Like, let me help because I struggled with that. Or, Hey man, I don't know. I'm struggling with it too. So you either get someone who's like, Hey, read this memo I wrote or something like that. Like I shared here a number of memos that we've dealt with internally, like to companies that are bigger than us, because they just are dealing with it now. And I can be like helpful in that respect, even if they're, they're further along, but it also helps. Like if, if you don't find a solution, at least commiserate and have that feeling of like, Oh, we're all dealing with this crap. Like we're all dealing with whatever this is, the imposter syndrome, the exact leaving, whatever it ends up end up being basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing to remember too, is that other people have been through whatever you're going through. Even if you don't go talk to someone that's been through something that you're, you've been through just that almost like awareness and recognition that like, Hey, you're not, you're not the only one going through this. People have been through this type of stuff before. I think that's really important. These days you can even do very interesting. Like you can, you can hop around, right? Like if you know someone that's another founder, maybe they're at the same stage as you early, let's just say, you could just ask them if they know someone that's dealt with what you're dealing with, right? And get an intro. Because the funny thing is about all of this stuff that you just said, and what we're talking about is we're actually all pretty open to helping each other. Doesn't mean yeah. we always can, but we're all pretty open. Like the amount of calls I've done that are either really short or really long randomly because someone's just like hey this person needs help or hey i need help with something they're countless and it's kind of like yeah and and, you know sometimes people just want to hear that someone else has dealt with it before and that's that's really helpful that's the other thing i think is really important is like when you're with like groups try to be like a neutral taker. And what I mean by that is like, you're not a net taker in terms of like advice. Although we have those moments in our lives, right? Like whenever like you give me a ton of advice, like I always feel like, oh no, like I'm not helping Heaton enough, right? And that that like, that's, you know, okay, like in the 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 moment, but then like, you know, whenever you're like, hey, I'm dealing with this or I'm trying to figure this out, like, I need to, you know, be a good friend, frankly, and be like, okay, cool. Like, let me help. Even if it's not like in my self-interest, I think some folks it's, it's just a net like self-interest. Right. And, you know, I think that that's the one thing is like realizing you have something to help with. I know early on in my journey, Mm -hmm. the thing I was thinking about all the time was pricing. Right. And it's something that like, not everyone really knows anything about. So even these companies that were very, very far ahead of me, I was able to kind of help them even with some tidbits or give them the confidence to think through something when they were helping, they were definitely not like, you know, 
like I was a net taker still even then, but then, you know, and not to get, you know, too cosmic or karma, but like all of a sudden when I get like, you know, some random, you know, indie hacker in my inbox asking about pricing, like I'll try to get on the phone with them or at least respond to their email and like give them advice. And I learned a lot of this from you actually, because you are insane with how many people you talk to. I don't know if it's still happening as much, but I know there's so many people of all sizes, all stages, et cetera, that like when they email you, you're like, how can I help? Um, and I think that's one of those things that not only has given you like, you know, your brands to speak of it, you know, maybe not as like altruistically as it really is, but like, but I think it's also like helped, you know, help the community and people don't forget that even as they, you know, scale or do something different. I just think like these, it's one of those areas where like what I used to say about the Bay area. And now I, I can say this about the global startup ecosystem is like, even if someone's not that paid forward, like when they sort of show up here, and now I'm just going to say here as in globally tech community, yeah. eventually they get there and they want to pay it forward or they just get to a place where they've been helped so much from people that had no reason to help them that they start becoming like that. And, mm. you know, that's that there's that whole line about it takes a village, you know, and things like that. And I think all of that, all of that is so very true. It does take a village. It takes so much effort by so many people to make, something new work work to a point where it's sustainable or work to a point where it's growing yeah i still find my opportunities constantly uh to help others you know with with these types of things you know one of the reasons i get excited talking to you even on this podcast is it's another form of that right mm -hmm. like where we can help other people because of what we're talking about and discussing been through you know experience whatever you want to call it and i get i get a lot of people hitting me up and saying oh, that podcast was really helpful, right? Mm. And things like that, you know, and oh, you said that on the podcast, what about this? Or how do you think about this? Or here's a question I'm dealing with, you know, and, and going, going from there. So I feel like the pay it forward attitude permeates any area where people are trying to create something meaningful out of nothing. Yeah. And I say meaningful because like, you know, when there's a measurement involved, like revenue mm. or users, or, or, you know, in some people's cases, headcount, which is not, the way I think about it, but all those things are are, are something that you can measure and, and work towards. And when, when you have that, it's very important to pay it forward. That's, that's just the way I think about it. I think it's just part of being, like you said, good citizen, uh, community member, part of the global community, et cetera. So yeah, I'm really into that. I think it's important. A lot of people do it. Even some people that, you know, in that category you mentioned where like they might be looking for their own benefit. I see a lot of those folks start YouTube channels or start mm -hmm. podcasts or something, right? And, and one way or another, their content is helpful. Then. Yeah. I also think it's one of those things where even if you're not like gregarious or outgoing, like you're more a hardcore introvert, obviously it's a little bit of a spectrum or sometimes you're one or the other. I think it's, there are many planes where you can do this, right? Like there was a founder I was helping um, a few months ago and it was really clear, like very introverted um, to the point that like, this world where maybe we're all anonymous and just live online and don't talk to each other is like very appealing to him. But it was one of those things where like he then, you know, gave a bunch of feedback on something that, you know, was, was in his like area of expertise. And he was able to like, you know, have that conversation with me, all via text. And um, I didn't ask like, Hey, is this more comfortable for you or anything? But you could kind of, at least in my, you know, interpretation kind of tell that it was easier for him. And it's like, I think some people, they assume like, 
you know, you have to have a podcast or you have to like, you know, be, be on the phone or you have to do these types of things. But I think it's one of those things where you can meet people on their own plane, which I think is really important. Depends how you're wired too. Like I remember I found getting out there, especially in the early days was so powerful. And I remember getting the advice that don't go to events, don't waste your time, et cetera. And I think the problem was, is that I got that advice from someone who was like further along to the point that they kind of knew all the things I didn't know. And so I'm glad I didn't like listen to that advice really. I, I didn't actively not listen to it, but just via circumstance and some of the stuff I was involved with in Boston, like led me to more events. And I just, you know, it was fascinating to basically like, you know, meet so many people because I think when you increase that surface area of those people, all of a sudden, like it starts paying it back. You're able to pay it forward. Cause I think people in this community, they naturally want to help because even if it's like a complete egotistical thing, it's like, Hey, I figured out this thing that's really obscure. And like my partner, my spouse, like does not care. Uh, she finds it mildly interesting. My parents or my friends that aren't tech people don't really care. And so I, if I can help you with this thing that I figured out, you know, I'm going to talk about it. Right. Cause it's a part of my identity. And obviously if there's things I don't know, like I, I, I can help or like intro people because I think it's, you know, I think there's a lot more people who are either helpful through their self-interest or just helpful inherently in this community than I think a lot of us think. And that gets to like the emotional side, the vulnerability where, you know, we think, oh, if I show I'm vulnerable, people are going to kind of attack that, which I just, there are those people, you know, there are those people who, you know, try to take advantage of, you know, the ignorant. But I think it's one of those things where most of us who have been in the trench, even for a little bit of time, we realize one, how much we don't know. And also like, you know, oh, they're dealing with this. I'm dealing with this too. And this is how I feel. I'm assuming they're feeling something fairly similar. Yeah. That's why I like, like, so this retreat, I was invited. It's not like I'm kind of a, I don't know, I consider myself a bit of a tangential member than anything, but it was one of those things where like going around the table, like very loose prompts, like people like talking about stuff they're dealing with at home, which is, you know, very common because a lot of them have, you know, young kids now or newly married, like all this stuff that like, I kind of was sitting there and I was thinking like, oh, like those memes where it's like men will do X rather than go to therapy. Like it was very much like men will go to a resort in Mexico and, you know, probably drink and do some, uh, let's just say, <laughs> let's just say not quite legal things rather than go to therapy. But then like everyone here is in therapy in some way as well. So it's like, it's, it's just an interesting, like bonding experience uh that uh is really really fascinating but yeah men will play spike ball and drink beer uh and talk about their feelings rather than just talking about their feelings that's another way to look at it but i don't know i would just say like be vulnerable because it's hard but you'll realize that like it actually isn't that hard because everyone like it's, i've never heard of someone like responding in a super negative way yeah yeah there's something to be said about what you're saying there uh, about someone not responding in a super negative way. Yeah, I just find it interesting. I, I, I've, I've always had a lot of fun with people in general um, around some of this stuff. I look for people's cognitive biases uh, yeah. around this kind of stuff. Uh, and what that, what that just means is like, where are they tripped up from being objective and rational? And then I, I really poke, I poke that quite a bit you know, trying to, trying to figure out like, how can I, how can I help them by helping them see something in themselves that they might not see yet? Uh, it's like a constant thing. So that really resonates with me just thinking through like advice. I mean, we, we should definitely do an episode on, on advice. Uh, that's always a fun topic. 
but it kind of dovetails into there. Like, how do you take advice? Whose advice should you take? How do you think about who you even get advice from and things like that? Cause that's that, a that's, really I good think, topic. Yeah. It's also like almost a gateway drug to finding your friends. Mm, tell me industry. more about that. You know, like advice has a lot to do with resonance. It's, it's, mm. it's like, if I say something to you, if I'm giving you advice, how do you mentally take it? How do you feel about it? Right? Like the, these kinds of things are kind of what I'm referring to. And do you act on it? And do you, do you push back? And I don't mean push back as a bad thing at all. These are the kinds of things in my head is what I mean. Like, how do you take it? How do you think about it? How do you deal with it? What do you do? Right? What, what, what does advice even mean to you? Mm. I think is another kind of way to think about it too. So those are the yeah. things that usually roll through my head around these topics, basically. Yeah. I think that's a, that's an important distinction too, because, and we should, we should definitely go deep on that in another pod, because like, I think what ends up happening is there's such a fire hose. Like this is the other, the other side of this whole topic is like, people are willing to be helpful. Like there's so many people like publishing content that's made to be helpful and whether it's self-interested or not, it doesn't really matter because you know, they're, it's helpful. Right. And so all of a sudden it's like having to filter by like stage temperament, values, all these other things, it can get really, really confusing. But I think the harder thing is just the the cold start problem just around like getting to the point where you're willing to ask for help, or at least express that you're struggling with something. Yeah, it's interesting. The other thing that's kind of interesting too, is like, you know, you, you know, the whole like, you're the average of your five friends or whatever. And whether that's true or not, it's like an interesting like sentiment. I think that's the, that's the hard thing. Because I've always thought, just because of my trust issues and all that kind of stuff. It's like, find the friend and latch onto them, right? Because I'm not going to have a lot of them. I'll have a lot of like, I call them tier two friends, which is kind of like a condescending way to put it. But like, you know, I have my, I have my tier one, which is like my spouse, people like you, who I hang out quite often, whether it's in person or not. And then tier two are like, oh, the person I see at every SaaS conference. And like, we enjoy ourselves, we get coffee occasionally, that type of thing, but we don't like talk regularly. And it's one of those things where like, I don't exactly know where I was going with this, but it's like, it's, it's, it's sometimes like hard because you're like, Hmm, like maybe I need new friends. Like, and this is why I like these types of groups because assuming you don't know everybody, like, and I know like maybe like 40% of the people who came, like all yeah. of a sudden you start to expand your network and then you like naturally start hanging out more. Yep. I know, I know I had a group in Boston that was like Chris and Brendan from Wistia, um, Nick and Jared from Help Scout, Paul, Matt, and David from Litmus, and then uh, Chris and uh, Natalie from Wildbit. And we would do these like little retreats. But I think that like over time, it's not that we couldn't hang out and help each other and have like a good ethos, but I think like Litmus raised from growth equity, now very different. The founders aren't there anymore. Nick Francis and, and the Help Scout crew are on like a very different trajectory. Wistia is still now they're like not doing the raise thing. They're just like, totally independent now kind of going a 37 signals route so all of a sudden it's like the advice is definitely useful because we all deal with like baloney but like now i'm getting to the point where we're like raising money for the first time so like it's like hanging out with nick is like more helpful for me than like hanging out with chris and i love all of those people anyway so we're going to hang out anyways just because we're friends but like it is one of those things where it's like finding those tier two like friends is like you know sometimes a really good thing to do because then it leads to those tier one friends in order to, you know, help you in your business and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. You know, I've always found this one concept, not mind blowing, but odd. And that concept, it's basically this idea that you all have to be at the same stage 
or at a later stage or at an earlier stage. Another one that just blows my mind, Patrick, like, it's like, wait, hold on. Like I have helped public company CEOs through problems that they came to me with, whether someone else could have helped them or not. I have no idea. Right. Mm. But somehow they came to me with the problem. I've helped the smallest companies even before people started their company. I think this is a whole different tangent that I'll, I'll refrain from, but it's one yeah. that bugs the crap out of me. And I know that there are folks <laughs> that truly believe in things like, oh, you want to get advice from people that are a couple steps ahead of you. And hey, there's a lot of validity to that. There's a lot of like relevance yeah. to that. It's not like I'm trying to dismiss it by any means at all. It's more like something that personally bugs me because it yeah. makes me feel like people don't really understand how advice works and, and how even problems work. Yeah. It's not about experience. It's actually about clarity of thought, uh, weighing options, things like that. I think what the the problem with that is is like it's it's not that it's wrong, it's just very incomplete, right? Like mm. there's and and this will be our advice episode at some point, but like yeah. the big thing that people don't realize is like stage is not necessarily a causal axis. So yes. meaning like it's like you can have someone who is earlier than you but is in a certain industry or is just a certain human with a certain set of expertise that matches you as a catalyst very, very well, basically in the sense of like your deficit or the thing you're trying to solve or the thing you're trying to think through. So like, it's definitely more about the person or like the struggle that you're dealing with, but sometimes it is sometimes the stage. And what I mean by that is like, if someone's struggling with like problem X at a thousand people, problem X at 50 people probably looks different. Right. And some things totally. aren't, but like, that's, that's, what's interesting. I think stage, it's like a lot of this, but sorry, I was about to rant too. A lot of this advice like ends up being like, I don't know. It's just, whenever I hear advice, that's pithy, like these, like, I don't know, like 140 freaking character, little tweets of like baloney. I'm always like, Yes, that's going to get all the retweets and all the likes, but it's like so almost hurtful to make it that simple that like people are going to repeat it. And frankly, like very impressionable founders, not to speak of like kind of condescendingly, but like very like people who like don't know what's going on, like they're not going to like think through it. Right. And I think that's that always bothers me with someone we've commented on that I'm not going to specifically say, but I think you know who I'm talking about where like, you know, the pithy tweets are great, but it's like every binary decision you think exists is actually a lot more complicated. Every like generalization you've made is never a hundred percent true. It's like a stereotype where it's actually much, much deeper. That's a little rant on like pithy statements, I think, but, but we do pithy statements because they spread like wildfire and like, it at least gets people 50% of the way. Right. So there is a little bit of an advantage there. So I don't know, another precipice of being too pithy or being too deep. Um, I think that's, that's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Very thoughtful today. Very Zen today after being in the Zen or the sun too much. I hate the sun, man. The sun's terrible. Oh God, really? Yeah. I value the sun for everything that it provides us, but uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things. That, uh, it's just the dry weather, dude. You're just dealing with it, right? And that's what it is. Like I'm like, you know? my throat's like scratchy yeah. and we're yeah. taking COVID tests every day. So I don't have COVID. Yeah. I can just tell by the color of your face, right? It's nice dude, and rosy. I'm, so I, don't like being rosy. <laughs> I hate it, man. Oh, okay. Let's wrap this up. 
Because I think we, we need to do an advice episode more so than this, because I just realized that that's really, to me, where the rubber meets the road on how to get help, regardless of what your stage is or what you're dealing with. If that I like that. Yeah, let's do that next. Let's do that as a next episode. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think it's really important to have friends, buddies, a system for helping you when you're dealing with things as a CEO, as a founder, as a, even as an executive. So yeah, just super stoked that we're talking about this. Yeah. Reach out to people. Be vulnerable. Yeah. Everyone deals with this baloney. It's not baloney. <laughs> it's just life, man. That's that's how it is, right? And if you if you feel like you can't find anybody, come talk to us. Absolutely. We're more than willing to be helpful. But uh, yeah, let's recap this joint. So talked about finding a tribe, finding those friends to kind of push you forward. Talk through like, you know, why it's hard to find these folks and why you need to find these folks. And then ultimately talked about, uh, you know, a little bit of a segue into, yeah, you got to filter advice. Not all advice is created equal, but like, you know, right. directionally, you got to make sure you're finding your people that can be helpful. And I think the last thing I'll say is like, it's okay to break up with friends. Like, it's not going to be a dramatic breakup. Yes. I think that's a really big thing. Like if people aren't valuable to you and you have to, I think you should determine value less from like a business standpoint, but value from like, you know, a personal standpoint, value from like making you better, whatever you're going to define those, those relationships as like, it's okay to break up. And obviously like you probably aren't going to like break up formally, like a, like a relationship breakup, but it's okay not to like hang out with those people as much. That's the thing. I think a lot of people, they should learn in their twenties, but sometimes they don't. It's like, you get to choose your friends. Like you get to choose your friends. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's a really hard thing. So yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. All right. Any other thoughts? I think we covered a lot of good stuff. Boom. I feel like it's a very clippy episode. Be some good clips that come from that. (laughs) Yeah. Y'all like your clips. Let's do it. Awesome, brother. Have a good rest of the week, man. You too. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you left a five-star review on this podcast or the equivalent rating wherever you listen or watch. Also, make sure to subscribe to and tell your friends about Tradeoffs, a podcast from ProfitWell Recur, the largest, fastest growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions. 